Next, the golden days of radio. Hi, this is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring John Barrymore, Marilyn Monroe, Fred Allen, W.C. Fields, and our host, Edgar Bergen. To continue our 50th anniversary salute to radio station KFI here in Los Angeles, here's one of the most famous ventriloquists of all time. This is Edgar Bergen, continuing this 50th anniversary salute to KFI. Sunday afternoons that we broadcast over NBC will never be forgotten. It was in 1937 that Charlie and I went on the air for Chase and Sanborn Coffee. And for over a decade, the program was a Sunday afternoon feature of KFI. Thank you, thank you, and welcome from me to you and to everybody. And from good old Jason Sanborn to it comes. That's friendship in a cup. And welcome to Mr. W.C. Fields. He's friendship in a hiccup. <laughs> all right, all right, Charlie. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. oh, here's a chair for you, Mr. Bergen. Won't you sit down? Well, now, thank you, Charlie. Thank you. May I pour some coffee for you, Mr. Noble? I brought some down here. Well, thanks, Charles. Yes, I will have just a spot of it. Oh, that's nice. You're welcome to it. Yes, yes. Well, now, what is all this about, Charlie? This doing things for people, being so considerate of others all of a sudden. Well, I just figure, Mr. Bergen, that, uh, that we're friends. Yes. And what's, what's uh, you know, uh, what's friends for if you don't help them out? Well, that's quite right. You, you'd stand behind me if I needed it, wouldn't you, huh? Yes, Charlie, I would, yes. I'll stand behind you if you're right. If I'm right? Yes. Well, but can I stand behind you if I'm wrong? That's what, that's what I want to know. I'm sorry, Charlie. All I'm beginning to understand now, all this good behavior wouldn't have anything to do with Mr. Fields coming here today, would it? Well, I, uh, I thought maybe we'd all stick together and I wouldn't have to apologize. Oh, I see. Yes. I thought as much. Well, don't think for a minute, young man, that you're going to get out of apologizing to Mr. Fields. But I thought... No, 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 no. Why, the idea of rigging up a skunk trap in Mr. Fields' garden and tripping him up. Yeah? Yes. That's bad. That's very bad. Of course it is. <laughs> Why that sort of a thing? Well, it's a menace to society. Since when is Fields society? <laughs> there are no two ways about it, young man. You must apologize. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what'll I say? I can say, Mr. Fields, I'm sorry about catching you in my skunk trap. Yes. It was a case of mistaken identity. No, no. <laughs> Do you realize that Mr. Fields hurt himself when he fell? He did? Yes, of course he did. I thought maybe his nose would break his fall. Now, we. <laughs> well, young man, huh? it's up to you. Yeah. An apology is in order, and you, you must hold out the olive branch. Yeah? Yes. I must hold it out. Yes. What's the use? He'll only fall over that, too. No. <laughs> Charlie, you, you should have respect for Mr. Fields. Why? Well, he's a very famous man. Eh, he thinks he's pretty good, I know. Yeah. He thinks the whole world revolves around him. And it does, most of the time, too. <laughs>
Nevertheless, Mr. Fields deserves an apology. Help. Yes, and it must come from you. Help. Yes. After all, he's an upright citizen, so it must be done. Yeah. Okay, okay. You get him upright, and I'll apologize, Norma. <laughs> well, that'll be enough out of you, young man. Now, what are you going to say to Mr. Fields? Oh, will you help me out, Mr. Durgan? All right. Why don't you say something like this, my dear Mr. Fields? Yeah. I beg leave to make restitution for my intrusion. That's fancy. Yes. Tears of anguish fall upon my unhappy breast. Can you say that? Sure. Tears of anguish fall upon my unhappy vest. Uh, chest. No, breast. Uh, breast, yes. I smite my lonely bosom in agony of shame. Yeah? Yes. I smite my lonely bosom. Yes. In agony of shame. Of shame. Yes. Now take it again. I smite uh, my bosom in shame. The whole thing. Uh, I smite. I smite it once. Well, smite it again. <laughs> I'll start from the beginning. Oh, Mr. Fields. In restitution at your institution, am I unhappy vest? Yes. You smutty baboon. No, wait. <laughs> you smite my baboon. No, 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 no. You smite. No, let's continue. Right. Oh, shame. Oh, disgrace. Oh, humility. Oh, nuts. I can't go through with it. <laughs> I would go up and see Bill at his house, and we would talk about the show. And he was a very gracious host, always good food and uh, good liquor. But when we got on the show, he was just like a fighter in a ring. He admired anybody who could give him a good fight, and uh, no holes were barred. And we spent most of our times dirtying up the script, that is, writing in or ad-libbing little toppers that the other one wasn't prepared for. Uh, hello, Edgar. How are you? Oh, hello, Mr. Fields. Hello. Uh, where's the little uh, woodpecker snack bar? Yeah, well, now, uh, <laughs> Bill, I, I can explain everything about that incident. Uh, well, explain uh, why uh, your belligerent little bundling board perpetrated an act of sabotage by stretching a wire across my garden path. Yes, I'd be glad to do that. You see, it was perfectly innocent, Bill. You see, he was he was setting a skunk trap. That's what he was doing. Oh, a skunk trap. Yes, yes. Oh, that's fine. That covers everything. Yeah. Thanks for the compliment. Oh, well, I didn't mean it that way. That's okay. Uh, Nevertheless, the other evening, as I was traversing my garden in search of flora and fauna, oh. flora is my cook, you know. Oh, I see. <laughs> that likable young lady uh -huh. makes wonderful creeps. Yes, uh, well, I believe all that, but that's really none of my business. Well, I was walking along when I unexpectedly tripped. And the next thing I knew, I was prostrate on terra firma, oh. which was not unusual in itself, but the circumstance... <laughs> yes. yes, I can believe that. But, Bill, let's get back to the skunk trap, remember? Oh, you mean floor? No, oh. no, no. Oh. Not <laughs> the skunk trap. Ah, I see what you mean. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, it was quite an experience. Yeah. I broke my femur and fractured my decanter. Oh, well, now, that does sound rather serious, Bill. Yes, it was. I heard of the hospital. Clang, clang, clang. Clang, clang, Yes, I remember that. After two days in the hospital, I took a turn for the nurse. Oh, uh, okay. work. That's what Yes, it is. It's secretary. Yes. And I took some beautiful x-rays of my leg. Six reels of them. Six reels. Fine. Uh, feature, huh? What yeah. Did, what'd they find, Bill, in your... Ah, just as I expected. They found my leg was hollow. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell me, Bill, were you... Were you running a fever, too? No, I had some trouble with my blood pressure. Oh, I see. Rather high? Uh, and I'd approve. No, yeah. <laughs> 
But a wonderful place, that hospital. Yeah. Very comfortable bed. Well, that helps, yeah. He even had mattresses on the wall. They made you feel right at home, did they, Bill? Oh, yes, he did, yes, uh, Bill, until I suffered a nervous breakdown. Now, don't tell me you had a nervous breakdown, Bill. Oh, that's awful. Well, Charlie certainly has caused you a lot of trouble, hasn't he? Oh, I don't blame the little oh. fellow, Edgar. I love him. He's yeah. all right. Oh, he's blind. Even though my fall also caused a pull tendon, Paget's disease, double vision, a bad case of pernicious dandruff. No. Not to mention Logo and the Magogo and Ralph Adelman. Oh, now, wait a minute. That's a... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Complicated by a slight case of Miff and Tiff and Boffindale and the slip... What? A slip sacriliac. No, a slip... Thrown in, yeah. Uh, a slip... What was that? Uh... Sacriliac. S-A-C-R-O yeah. hyphen. Yeah. From there on, you're on your own. <laughs> It's really a wonder that you recovered from all that. Oh, yeah. The croakers were giving me up in despair. Yeah. One day they discovered I had a, uh, 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 passed the crises. Oh, I see. So now it's crises, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's a technical uh, word. Yes. <laughs> well, what day was it when you passed this, uh, crises? Uh... The day they found me blowing the foam off my medicine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thought so, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, when Charlie learns of this, Bill, he'll be very sorry. I know he'll be sorry. And I just want you to know, Bill, that, that he's ready and he's willing to apologize. Oh, well, that's quite all right, Edgar. Oh, As a matter of fact, I'm very fond of the boy. Yeah? Where is the little fire hazard? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll call him in, uh, Bill. Just a moment. Oh, Charlie! He's not here. Never mind. Charlie! Back in. I want you to know that Bill is right here. Yeah. Yes. And he knows all about it. Uh-huh. And Charlie wants to talk to you. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Uh. No, 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 no. <laughs> good, uh, good evening, Mr. Fields. What did he say? I said, good evening, that's all. Let's not jump at conclusions. <laughs> Uh, Charlie, I've been telling Mr. Fields that you want to apologize. Now, isn't that right? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, I do, Mr. Fields. I do. Uh, well, that's just fine, my little chump. Uh, chum. Yeah. There she goes again with that pamphlet. <laughs> Tell me, my little man, why did you set a trap in my garden? Don't you know there aren't any skunks there? No skunks in your garden, Mr. No, no. I'm sorry. No wildlife, with one possible exception. My place is occasionally infested with a horde, a herd, <laughs> of uh, pink mastodons. Uh, pink mastodons. All mm. elephants, yeah. That's right, uh... I, I hear that the elephants around your place take aspirin to get rid of W.C. Fields. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Is it true, Edgar, that Charlie can trace his ancestry bank to an old chestnut stump, the abode? Of a family of pole cats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like the old days, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, boy. Remember how we used to fight, Mr. Fields? Yeah. Foolish, wasn't it? As far as my yeah. little friend. But we're above that sort of thing now. Yeah, those are the good old days, aren't they, Bill? Yeah, remember the time <laughs> I said I'd, uh... Slice you into a Venetian blind? Yeah. That was a good one. I think I told her, was it? Yeah. Sure was. Remember how I topped you by saying that makes me shudder? <laughs> well, 
was good. I liked it. Uh, who said you taught me? I taught you. Uh, why, the only laugh you ever got was a sneer from a disgruntled termite. Why, <laughs> You keep that up and you play a return engagement at the hospital. Better be careful, my little friend. You know, wood pulp is in the priority list. Yeah, well, listen, you long-nosed anteater. Now, wait a minute, Gentlemen, please, please, gentlemen. I, Bergen, I'm afraid Mr. Fields just doesn't love me anymore, that's all. I... Don't tell me I don't love you or I'll break every knot in your body. Now, wait a minute. Please, that's the wrong attitude, Bill. Why can't we be friends? What do you say, Charlie? Okay, okay. I'll make one more attempt at appeasement. Yes. Then I'll fire on sight. Yes, <laughs> You'll do nothing of the kind, Charlie. You're going to be nice to Mr. Fields. But he doesn't like me. Yes, Why well, idolize the little chap? I'd do anything for him. Would you, Mr. Fields? Why, well, I'd be glad to anything the well, little chap craves. Gee, well, Mr. Fields, I have a new bicycle, you see. Oh, would you like a bell? Well, I can, thank uh, you. I'm not affluent, but I could uh, buy you a bell. Well, that's nice that I have a bell. But I was just wondering if I could borrow... Oh, I don't suppose it'd be right. Yes, know. it's all right, Oh, Charles. no, I it love the No, child. no, it isn't right. Oh. Uh, could I borrow your nose for a taillight? No, no. <laughs> It's no use. Well, Bill, it's only the mischief in the boy. That's all it is. That's what makes him say those things. Why, Charlie is his own worst enemy. Not while I am around these days. <laughs> Can he borrow my nose for a tail line? Why, I'll fill him full of lead and lose him for a pencil. Yes. I go my lap, old bag in here. Wait a minute. I want to hang one on him. No, no, you hang don't hang on. Him. Now, stop it. Remember, Mr. Fields is not a well man, are you, Bill? No, that's no, right, Edgar. Sickly. Yeah. I've been a fragile thing of beauty ever since I was born. Yeah. <laughs> Why, you weren't born. You were squeezed out of a bar rag. Now... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the American Forces Radio and Television Service proudly presents the Retirement 2, yet third. Did you know that after you retire from the armed forces, you can still enjoy legal assistance, health facilities, and recreational facilities? Wait, let me write that down. Sometimes when I'm drinking, I forget. My bartender says if you're drinking to forget, you have to pay first. Retired servicemen and their families can still buy things at government commissaries and exchanges, you know. It's a good thing. I don't know any other way to make my wife economize. Yeah. I always say the time to economize is before you run out of money. Retired servicemen are also eligible for great home loans. I know, but as I tell my wife, there's a difference between a ridiculous price and an absurd figure. Retirement pay, life insurance, buying privileges. Just a few of the benefits of retirement from the armed forces. Find out about all of them from your personnel officer. Yes, sir. During the years of the Chase and Sanborn Hour, the program featured many of the greats in show business, including John Barrymore and Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn, my dear, we were made for each other. Kiss me, Charlie, just to make sure. Yes, gladly, all right. <laughs> ah, they're still playing our song. 
You know, John, John Barrymore. synonymous with profile. Yes, yes. And I might add, you know, it's getting a little tiresome riding through life side saddle. <laughs> There always was something fishy about Alan. Fred Allen. I sued him for not paying me for getting him a job with Tenderleaf Tea. Edgar, I'm here to talk to Charlie. Well, it's too late, fossil face. <laughs> well, you can tell it to the judge, can't you? Uh-uh, now, yeah. McCarthy. I came here to bury the hatchet. And I know approximately where I am going to bury it. <laughs> You, you must hate me. I'll be glad to. <laughs> well, this thing has upset me, Edgar. Last night, as I lay upon my pillow, I brushed aside a vagrant tear which hung pendant-like from my glistening orb. I was thinking. You were stinking, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'd like to do, Charlie. I'd like to have you appear in a little sketch on my program, for which you will be handsomely rewarded. Yeah. The play is called Weekend at Joe's Flophouse. <laughs> and you play the part of a big lumber magnet, Fiorello Q. Splinterbottom III. The third, no less. The third. Yeah, You're still in the money. You're yeah. the... <laughs> If you have the parts, let's read over the play. Good, Edgar. Now, as the curtain rises, we see that outside it is a beautiful summer afternoon. I enter. I am a Chinese detective. I speak to the butler. Mr. Butler, your master, Mr. Splinterbottom, life in great danger. I have come here secretly to warn you. I am Detective One Long Pan, famous Chinese G-man, Oriental Dick Tracy. Where is your master? <laughs> Ah, uh, how blue the sky, how bright the sun. As I look beyond the daffodils, I see the shimmering heat over the rutabaga patch. <laughs> Who got shot? You did. <laughs> Lie down, you're dead. How do you like that? I didn't even finish my speech. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, no, I didn't. You shot me right in the middle of the rutabaga patch. <laughs> Uh, this isn't much of a part, Fred. Now, I thought Charlie was in all through the show and didn't leave the stage. Well, he doesn't, Edgar. He stays there as a dead body. Well, then, pardon me for objecting, uh, Mr. Uh, Allen. Uh, now, now, go. just a minute. You stay out of this, Curly. Uh. <laughs> By that, I suppose you're referring to my hairline. What hairline? Well, why, from the neck up, you are indecent. Oh, <laughs> more fuzz on a choir boy's cheek. <laughs> Your behavior is not a credit to the acting profession, Mr. Allen. You mean that uh, I am a ham? No, I insult an innocent pig. No. <laughs> I told you to keep quiet or I'll put a rubber beret on your head and use you for a plunger. C. Field. Isn't up to see. The original half man, 
Fine half nose with. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, Edgar, it's touching to see your affection for the little nipper. Oh, thank you, Bill. You know, I thought you didn't like children. Oh, not at all, Edgar. I love children. <laughs> I can remember when, with my own little unsteady legs, I toddled from room to room. <laughs> When was that? Last night? That's our salute to KFI on this 50th anniversary. Charlie. Oh, Birkin, you frightened me. I didn't know you were here. Don't ever sneak up on me like that again. Well, I'm awfully sorry, Charlie. Lately, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm just a bundle of nerves. Uh, well, what brought all this on, Charlie? Oh, it's unquestionably overworked, Mr. Bergen. You see, my poor little brain is always ticking, ticking, ticking. All this studying and research is, is driving me mad. Well, Charlie, I'm sorry, but they say hard work never killed anyone. Well, there's no sense in taking any chances. No. Anyway, my little brain just can't take it. It's muscle-bound or something. Uh, what brought this on? Well, this 50th anniversary thing, you see, they are having, you know, at KFI. Yes, yes. Well, I just wanted to be up to date. You know, lots of things have changed here at KFI in the last 50 years, and I want to know what's happening. After all, I'm, I'm nobody's dummy. Let me tell you... The story of KFI. Oh, dear. Here he goes, folks. Charlie, it's a very interesting story. It's a story that everyone should know. Yeah, but not everyone should tell it. Oh, yeah, yeah. L let's go back to Los Angeles in 1922. Oh, dear me. I, I haven't a thing packed. I'll tell you the story. Now, once upon a time... Uh-huh. Would you care to be more definite? Well... What do you mean? Well, was it before or after, uh, long, long ago? Oh, I don't know. You don't know? Well, let's say a quarter of many, many years ago. Charlie, it was a half a hundred years ago. Well, why don't you get your facts straight before you try to tell the story? Well, I'm telling you. Yeah. Let me put it this way. On April 16th, 1922, KFI went on the air. You don't say. And today we're celebrating their 50th anniversary. I could have told you that. You could. Yeah. So I'd just like to wish KFI many happy returns. And I hope the next 50 years are just as successful. Bergen, I'll double that. And from now on, when I go to bed, I'll tune in to KFI. When I listen to Scott Ellsworth, I'll sleep like a log. <laughs> Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you to join me next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days.
This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.